0: Welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Anne Gordon here with my friend and chavruta Yerdaena Ozband, Our daf of the day, Masechet Sakhim, Daf Kuf He, page one hundred and five. Our daf continues on the same topics so that we've been talking about: Kiddush, Shabbat, Havdalah, and so on. We have here a story. Rav Hanania bar Shalemia, de Rav, Besudata. Rav, Havu Rav bar Shalamiya and the other students of Rav. So that tells us about the generation that we're talking about. Right. They were sitting down to a meal on Shabbat. V'kai alayhu Rav Hamnuna Saba. So Rav Hamnuna, the elder, was standing with them, apparently to serve them. Amru lay zil chazi yoman They say to him, go see. I don't really understand why they're talking to their elder this way, but fine. Go see um, if, if Shabbat has become sanctified if the day has been the the day itself becomes shabbos meaning shabbos happens right and we talk about this all the time as a distinction between yontif and shabbat shabbat happens every seven days whether people do anything about it or not as compared to the kedusha of yontif that we we mentioned it we mentioned in the in the musaf tfilah of yontif we say Because We, the people, sanctify the the Yontif through the calendar, right? When we establish the calendar, we determine which days are actually going to be those days of Yontif. But Shabbat happens whether we like it or not. It's every seven days. And so this statement kind of attests to that. When they say, go see if the day of Shabbat has happened, you know, simply by virtue of it getting dark. (laughs) Amar lo tzrichitu shabta kava So Rav Hamnun says to them, you don't have to do this, right? Shabbat establishes itself. Whatever you end up eating in your meal that's going to happen after dark is automatically a Shabbat meal. You don't have to worry about any special sanctification because it's automatically going to be a Shabbat meal, no matter what you do, no matter what you eat. And then Rav Hamnun explains, the Amar Rav, he explains that this is a position that he apparently received from Rav. The same way that Shabbat establishes the the time for tithing, right? That you've got a specific set meal as it comes for tithing, right? This is Truma Maser when your obligation is going to kick in, but you can't tithe on Shabbat anyway, right? So so too Shabbat establishes the requirement to say Kiddush, meaning the moment it gets dark. Now you are supposed to say kiddish. and the same way that you could maybe otherwise, if a, in a casual way, it's, this is specifically about when you've got produce that is not tithed. Specifically, it has the tithes have not been taken, and if you're um, you know on the fields or you're being casual, there is such a there's such a, um, an authorization, I guess, or a lack of authorization. You're still allowed generally to eat that untithed produce, but not on Shabbat. On Shabbat, it's considered a formal eating. And the moment you've got formal eating, then you can't have untithed produce on Shabbat, right? You can't do the tithing on Shabbat, but you also can't eat it as a casual thing because every meal on Shabbat is a little bit more formal. It is, it counts as a sanctified meal of Shabbat. So too, right, on Shabbat, when you have, the moment you've got the day turns to be Shabbat, then you've got a requirement to recite Kiddush. And you're not supposed to eat until you've had kiddish. So what that means is the moment you start eating, right? If you started eating even without kiddish, it's still your Shabbat meal, right? Which becomes much more complicated, you know, as opposed to if you would just do it the the right way, which is again start from kiddish.
1: Um, this idea that sort of nightfall or the day itself establishes itself. Um, almost in a way, then what is the purpose of Kiddush? Like, in other words, is the day holy or establishes itself because of Kiddush or because the nighttime comes itself? Or is our making Kiddush just sort of a formal acknowledgement of what happens when the, when the nighttime comes?
0: I think that the Shabbat establishes itself means that it's going, that that, that time is now Shabbat, but we then do sanctify it for our experience of it right and we're not going to that's exactly the question of of whether we i don't know well
1: i think about it this way actually I, I would think about it this way i think that's actually what's different about Shabbat because when we talk about Rosh Chodesh we are being mekadesh in other words rosh chodesh doesn't mean anything unless we're part of that process right we have to be the ones to say the new month started and therefore we're determining when the holidays start. That kiddush of Shabbat is going to come whether or not we make kiddush or not.
0: Right, and I think- right. And like Mark goes on to say that the same thing is going to be true for Havdalah, right? That Shams leaves, it becomes dark. It's Sunday night, I'm uh, sorry, Saturday night, Sunday, it becomes Sunday, regardless of whether we do anything about it. And then we incur the obligation to make Havdalah. Right. That's what that's what the change of the day does. Right. We
1: have the obligation to make Kiddush. We have the obligation to make Avdol. And I think this is what shows this is really, truly different about Shabbat as opposed to a Chag. I want to hop down to a discussion that starts to take place at the bottom of Amidalev and going into Bet, which is this question of can you say Kiddush during the day? In other words, what happens? Ravina asked a question. What happens if you didn't say Kiddush on Shabbos on Friday night? would you say that kiddush during the day? And we have this Amor who comes from Nachman bar Yitzchak, right? Who says that if you didn't make habdalah on Mosei Shabbos, right? What do you do? You can make habdalah anytime during the week. So the same thing he says would be true about kiddush. If you didn't say kiddush on Shabbat night, then you would just say kiddush during the day. Ravina then brings the brisa, right? Where he says, you know, that, um, you know, to sort of disagree with this. Uh, where the Brisa says that on Shabbos night and Yom Tov night there's sort of a kiddish over wine, and we mentioned also in Berakah Mazon, right? Either saying Ritez or Ya Levi Yavo and Shabbos and Yom, right? But on Shabbos and Yom Tov day, there's no kiddish on a cup, and but there is a mention of it in Berakah Zone. So the idea is, is that if you didn't say kiddish on Shabbos night, right? You you know you 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 know and say it during the day, you know sometimes maybe there could be kiddish. On Shabbos day, um, and so Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak is basically saying, "No, this brisa is talking about you know when when everything is done, it's the correct way. It's not talking about a situation of if I guess, and that's the way you explained it. It's not talking about a situation where you you know forgot you forgot to say Kiddush in the proper time, um, and then they're going to quote another brisa uh, which is talking about you know uh, sort of the, the 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 kavod of Shabbos day of the meal of Shabbos day." is more important than the kabod of Shabbos night. So in other words, if you only had one cup of wine, right, to say Kiddush over, right, it should, you should use it for the one during the day so that Kiddush Hayom, um, uh you know, is, uh, you know, in the night Kiddush, which we say Mekadesha Shabbat, but the idea is basically being if you didn't say Kiddush on Shabbos night, right, you say it on the day and that's okay because you're going to fulfill both, right? You're, you're going to do the, the Kiddush that you need to say during the day, Um, and, you know, then they get into a discussion about this idea of doing sort of mitzvot in its proper time. But anyway, there's this whole discussion back and forth between Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak and Ravina, which I sort of tried to summarize, but I don't know that I did well. Okay. But I love what Rav Nachman here says. And so basically Ravina, you know, comes to him at the end. Um, and, uh, you know, he says to him basically like, do we really say that a mitzvah is sort of, uh. More beloved, right? Chaviva mitzvah, uh, you know. Do we really hold this principle of Chaviva mitzvah that a mitzvah is sort of better if it's done in its in its right time? And he quotes a bris to show that maybe that's not the case. That we don't actually hold this. And then I love how he answers it. There's all this back and forth. Amarle, analo anai. He says, "I'm not a scholar. anai. I'm not a sort of a." Uh, Chaza would be like the English is a speculator, um, you know. But I think somebody who sort of has like you know.
0: Oh, I think it is a seer, right? Like a, vision a, seer, a visionary. I don't
1: exactly. Know. That's the word I wanted. Like from the word chazon, right? Like I'm not a visionary. Below ana, and I'm not an important person. Ella gamra Visadra ana, right? <laughs> I just love this passage. He's like, I teach and I arrange, right? Halacha. That's what he does. That that's what I do. Right. And I, you know, and I see and I and I uh, instruct basically uh, students in the study hall, you know, with what kavati, like according to my opinion. Bain um ole yoma right? And so I hold that what that there is always gonna be a difference for us between the arrival of the day and the departure of the day. Alule yoma kolkana de lay Right. So with the arrival of the day, meaning when Shabbos arrives, the sooner we welcome it. In other words, the sooner we say Kiddush, it's better. Right. Um, because it shows us how beloved it is. Right. It's a very beloved time. Right. But when it leaves, we try to delay it a little bit. Right. Because we don't want it to look like that Shabbos was a burden this to me was such a beautiful and poetic uh, passage, right? The whole idea that he's, you know, Ravina's like really giving him a hard time on this stuff. And, you know, he basically just says, to me, he says, look, I'm not a scholar. I'm not important, but you know what I know how to do? I know how to teach. And I've always taught this very systematically. And, you know, I know, and I give the students over my opinion and this is my opinion. And then this is going to inform you know, why I think Kiddush saying it is important and why, Abdullah, you're going to say, you know, later on in case you miss the time. So just a little who's who on who Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak is. Um, he is, obviously, he's a Amora who lives in Babel. He's like sort of fourth or fifth the generation. But we'll see there's a Gemara um, in, uh, in Bava Batra that talks about that he was sort of appointed as like the head lecturer uh, in, uh, in the yeshiva of Mechosa. Remember? Uh, so you know, I just thought this was a really, you know, I think he's just trying to say, like, look, I, I, I I'm just a teacher, but a little bit, Ravina. You got to respect what I'm trying to say. I, it's not that I'm saying I'm the smartest person in the in the room, but I've really been doing this for quite some time, and my opinion does hold some weight <laughs> because you know, Ravina just keeps coming back after him with this, you know, this price of that price, and just sort of try to prove him wrong. And and I, it, it's it's he's saying it humbly but I think he's also trying to put his foot down with Ravina here as well.
0: I think so. I, I think, I know people like this. I know teachers of Torah like this who who know a tremendous amount and teach with such fame and unless, I guess, if there would be a need for pushback and then they can say, okay, but, you know, a lifetime of learning and teaching gives some authority. And honestly, we would hope so. Um, you know, he's... I don't think he's protesting too much. I do think that he, he sounds genuine, but I also think that from our perspective, he was great. You know, there's
1: no, he's no slouch. Right, and I think that that's exactly the word to describe him. There is a particular type of chain there uh, that's really apparent um, on the daf itself. The other thing to know about him is um, he is, you know, he appears frequently in Agatha, also as somebody who sort of arranges and explains the words of other rabbis. um, And also he's associated with a lot of mnemonics. So I, I think the point is he's an organizer. He has a very systemic way of sort of thinking about halakha and teaching it. And so that's why he's sort of trying to say to Ravina, like, I don't need a proof. I'm just telling you this is sort of my philosophical view of what's happening. And this is how I've always taught it. And this is how my students accept it for me.
0: That's our DAF discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcast. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think of this DAF. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the HUDRA website. Until tomorrow, go...